You ready? Sure. I did not tell you what we're doing. We are just recording a podcast for the sake of recording a podcast now that we have a studio. And so this idea came last night in a conversation about creativity. And I realized that after 15 years working in a creative field, I have a I have one view of what creativity is. Mm -hmm. And I found that other people have different views. And that blew my mind. So I decided today I was going to grab a couple of people from the creative department and talk about creativity. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. All right. So first off, give people a little introduction, who you are, what um, you do, what you do in the creative field. So I kind of just mess around on a computer all day, and I get paid for that. But officially, I uh, <laughs> senior art director at Digital Surgeons. I've been here for about seven years, and I learned a hell of a lot being here. Kind of started off um, small. Diaz kind of filled in the gaps that uh, my school education didn't necessarily give me for design. And uh, I've been working with clients big and small from like startups to big corporations ever since. So I've been working on branding, digital marketing, web design, just ins and outs of everything up to like big events and trade show booths and things like that. So it's been fun. So I think you hit on something right away that I think is important. Creativity, for, I've always seen creativity as something that's natural to people. And I, I've always loved the idea that it's spiritual and it's the old ideas of the the muse and the genius and the daemons and like this godly or spiritual thing coming to give you this creative gift. And that's my, always been my perception of it. It's something you can't teach. It's just, it's innate in us or it's something we have to personally find. And you said right there that school didn't prepare you for this world, that you learned on the job. Oh yeah. Because school tries to teach you a more structured way of working in in a controlled environment and i think that's the difference right like on the outside people think that like oh yeah like big businesses like they know what they're doing they're doing like research and marketing and blah 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 i'm not talking about just our company i'm talking about all companies on the inside we, i think we all know <laughs> that it takes a little bit of trial and error it takes experimentation sometimes there's like last minute things and it's the ability to not just do your job in the best conditions but do it when there are unknown variables and timelines that are kind of like a little crazier than you'd expect. And then being able to be creative in those moments is where you basically hone that skill to be more creative. People always say like constraints breed creativity and that's it's so true. But to maintain that is also something that you train in yourself as well. Like You have to do it consistently. It's also a mindset. Well, give me your definition or your, your general feeling what creativity is because even in a lot of your what you were just saying, you talked about trial and error. You talked about structure. Mm -hmm. It sounds very methodical, yeah. creativity, or I the think, process of it. So what is creativity to you? Like in the most simplest form, I, I would say that it's just starting somewhere new, like being unafraid to start somewhere you haven't started from before. And um, if you think about like the creative process for like designing here, you can either – get tasked with like let's say you have a web design you have to do and to find some inspiration like where do you go for that it's very easy to like just go to dribble click like all right um login form inspiration blah 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 and it pops up like solutions that are already made for you or you can kind of go out and talk to people like oh hey like um like what's a new way of getting information from other people is it like looking at children's books to understand like simplified ways to present information make it a little bit more creative so like maybe go to the library instead of your computer right away, you know? So just starting somewhere new every time. So what do you think is are aspects of creativity that you feel like you get innately that maybe people don't understand? Um, I mean, I guess it sounds a little bit overused to say this, but just fearlessness and shamelessness. I think shamelessness is probably the bigger one. If you don't go into things with 
with the ability to embarrass yourself a little bit doing it knowing that like you're going to fail and um, understand that like you're legitimately just experimenting and hoping for the best but you're doing it with a little bit more of a like an informed eye over time like that's where the whole training part of it comes in it's kind of like knowing like what to experiment with versus what you know already won't work so so now you've been here for seven years right i think so seven years seven (laughs) years this month Oh, yeah, that's it's right. I just board. had that yeah. anniversary. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know what you guys told me. <laughs> so you, you said that you learned a lot of your creative process or what creative is or how to apply creativity since you've been here, not in school. So if someone were to come in, like Kelly, like our new intern, Matt, how would you explain or give them that gift of creativity or creative process or that something they would not have seen before they, they came into a workplace like this? Um, I would say that it's less about looking about how other people work and more about understanding how you work first and then building on that. Because I think a lot of people make the mistake of like having something that they aspire to and trying to turn into them where instead you're supposed to kind of have more of like a reductive perspective on things and say like, all right, well, they accomplished this one thing that I want to do. How do they do? Let's break that down. All right, well, I work like this. And I can hone my skills in X, Y, Z way based on like what I saw them do. So it's less like copying and it's more of morphing and adopting and like turning it into something that's truly them and effective because that's how you have this like long-term progression that suits your mindset. So you said – Otherwise you plateau. (laughs) Yeah, that's them. I think that's kind of – that was the the trigger for even starting this conversation on a podcast was something that's them that – there is personal forms of creativity. And that mm-hmm. was where I realized I was like, oh, my way is not the only way. My idea is not the only idea of yeah. what creative is. And so it came around conversations with like Joe and uh, regarding people like Prings and Andre who are more methodical and they're structured and they like steps and they they break things apart versus someone like me or, or, or Jimmy where it's – I feel like it's much more wild – and it's like we drink a bourbon, you go for a walk, mm-hmm. and the work just comes. That's it. Like it's not as – we don't put as much thought into it I think as they do. I think they – they like I always say the heart and the head. They're the heads yeah. of creativity and we're the hearts of creativity. And I think mm-hmm. you kind of jump back and forth between those two depending on what's needed. Yeah. I go from like robot to like wild beast right. <laughs> throughout the day. Throughout the day so. um, but yeah, I think that was probably one of the hardest lessons I learned here and especially like – become like a director you realize that you you can't just know how to do something you have to also understand how to let other people do things in a way that suits them and then figure out how to hone their skills um in their way because like between kelly and alex like they're two completely different people who have like very very strong skill sets but the way they work the outputs that they have and like the things that they're passionate about, you don't talk to them in the same way. You don't treat them the same way and they won't grow in the same direction. They, they may be like doing similar work now, but they won't be tomorrow. You know what I mean? Because they're going to find their own path and we're going to help them get there and they'll help us as a company find our path together too. You know, it's kind of a reciprocating relationship. All right. So if, if we can help them find a path, they are creatives. They mm-hmm. actively sought creative work. It's part of who they are. Do you believe that everyone is creative? Um, I think everyone has the potential to be creative. I think that this is going to sound a little dystopian, but I feel like <laughs> sometimes things like school systems, things like our jobs, just the idea of like being an ineffective person throughout your day kind of forces you to be a little bit more systematic. And we get used to that. You, you need to 
allow yourself to be challenged and you need to encourage yourself to be challenged. And sometimes you have to fight the system a little bit to do that. You have to break the habit of being systematic in order to kind of, like I said, start somewhere new, train yourself to start somewhere new, to end up somewhere better. Yeah. Cause I know that's a controversial question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I think I have the controversial point of view in that I don't actually believe that everyone can be creative. I think it is a, a quality that some people have. Some people have it more than others. And I think a lot of times when we say everyone's creative and we do design thing in workshop, it's to turn someone zero to a one where someone else in the room might, might go from a seven to a nine. But see, when you say creative, you have something very specific that you picture in your mind. True. And that's why. Right? right. True. So like creativity isn't just like this one like glowing ball of thing. It's more of um, it's more of a range. Right. It's not like this one thing you achieve. Some people will be more creative than other people. That's just like what their mindset lends themselves to. But it's also depending on what you're asking someone to be creative about. True. And right? it's what is creativity, and, which is what this is all about because yeah. my realization that I was limited in my mindset. And so that's mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm seeing. I'm saying they can't be creative. Mm-hmm. They're a shirt tucker in a corporate job yeah. and we're turning their nothing into a tiny little bit, but they're having a great time and that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, but maybe they're creative in a different way. And they look at me and they go, no, he's just odd. <laughs> but you are just odd True. <laughs> there's also that aspect yeah, <laughs> um, yeah i mean i uh i hope he doesn't hear this but my husband works in probably like one of the like most corporate he spaces. will hear this because it's my it's- podcast and he <laughs> likes me more than he likes you that's also possible um but he works in um title insurance and in the financial district in manhattan you know what i mean like very corporate, very systematic, but he's literally one of the most creative people I know. And he's able to bring that to his job. That's why he does his job so well. But you would look at him and you wouldn't necessarily say like, oh yeah, you're in a creative job. But like the like I said before, like constraints breed creativity. Everyone knows this. That is one of the most constrained kind of disciplines, right? And he he flourishes in that. And it's just a matter of perspective. It's like it's looking at what he does and how he does it, not what the output is necessarily sometimes. Do you know what I mean? It's the process, not the output. Right. So now, why do you think someone like me would be so defensive or closed-minded about the idea of creativity? Why do you think I'm protective of it? I think partially because you – I I'm, could be way off the mark here because it's – you of all people are the one of the few people that I don't understand because you're kind of out there, which I, that's why I like you so much. <laughs> um but uh, I think because you put so much heart into it and I think that you are fearless in the way that you think and you don't see that in other people in the same way. They they don't like go for walks or let, let loose in the same way that you do. The process is a little bit different and because maybe you don't see that, you might assume that it doesn't exist. That seemed like a really safe answer. <laughs> <laughs> I expect more creativity from your answer. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me grab a drink and I'll tell you how I really feel. All right, let's get a drink. <laughs> so my question's for you now. Yes. Do you have any questions for me, Ness? Um, I would probably ask you, how do you think that your perspective I'm making this up as I'm saying it. Um, how do you think that All of my questions have <laughs> I've made up while I'm saying them. See, this is what you do best. You kind of make it up on the fly and you make it work. I, I've seen you like present something. Someone, I remember the, in the old office, we had this um, like company challenge to, I think, be creative. I think you were leading this. You gave us all these like slips to. Oh, the uh, it was a creative challenge to 
do something creative with a piece of paper. Yeah, you you gave us um, I think these excerpts to read. Oh, that a, one that was about disruption. Yeah. Yes, and someone challenged you to do oh, something off the fly to do and, a forty-five minute presentation without preparing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and you killed it. It was amazing. You could definitely tell that you didn't know what you were doing, but in the end, I'm like, wow, that was really good. <laughs> so props to you for that one. It was 45 minutes of improv. You do that well. I think that's probably your forte, like among most people here. That's great. I'm just pulling crap out of nothing. Yeah, if you ever wonder what that smell is in the room, yeah, right. <laughs> James is next to you, but he's but yeah, sounding you, you right. Know it, you know, it's, it's terrible, but at least it's entertaining. Exactly. And that's what this podcast is. <laughs> pretty terrible but i'm entertaining i think half of it's now just like my giggles um <laughs> so back to what you were asking me what was i just saying i don't know <laughs> okay you had a question you were asking me a question i was you? asking you a question um yeah i wanted to ask you you've been in a lot of companies and i wonder how has shifting from company to company changed your perspective on creativity was it something that like recently happened was it something that like you know changed and sparked for you when you're a kid and that's why you are the way you are now you know like i mean i think i've always been a little odd in the creative sense <laughs> and a bit of an outsider but all the different companies i've worked for looking back they had different forms of creativity and that's why it's so shocking to me to have this realization that my view of creativity is stunted or limited mm. so it's yeah it's interesting to think i've been in so many settings so many different types of people, so many types of types of work, so many different types of creativity, and yet I've been stubborn mm. with my style. I've been, you know, tried and true to my thing because it's worked. Yeah. You know, uh, one thing that's interesting about here, and when it comes to creativity, is we we have a creative department, but creativity bleeds out or mm. in. I guess you could say. Yeah. Like Brian is one of the most, if not the most creative person in this entire building. Yeah. But he's not anywhere within the creative department but see when you look at him he doesn't fit your like standard for what creative is uh, i think he is because i think it is a natural just flowing creativity that he can't control that's true. or i guess that what does fit it explodes out of him and you see you've seen it he'll stand up on a desk to shout his ideas out that's the creativity i we have i imagine videos, i believe but... in uh bill bernbach old ad man he wrote a book back in the 60s and they talked about at DDB coming up with an idea. They would run down the halls with the, with the work. Mm. They were so excited for the ideas. And that's always been a beacon of creativity for me. Of, that was a creative revolution in, in advertising. And that type of passion. And Brian is that type of passion. Yeah. Brian is the type of guy who'll come up with an idea and run around the office excited, standing on, climbing on desk to scream about his, his brilliant idea. Yeah. And I think that's when you guys hear me say like the old DS a lot. This is like when I first started in DS was like a small company. I was like the, one of like the few women to come in you see like a room full of guys, their feet up on desks in like a very tiny room. You got like cables going up these like brick walls and like that was, yeah. So like that was, and I, I didn't know the agency world back then. I was just like some kid out of college that was, that needed an internship and then like I ended up falling up in love with DS. But, um, where's I going with this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Uh, um, oh, yeah, the old DS. So I think that that's whenever I, I kind of reminisce on that, I think what you're just what you just said is what sparks like the oh, like the old DS. Like we literally got excited about the work that we did in a completely just like pure way because we knew like we, we went through a struggle. We worked hard. We were scrappy. We had to find 
like these like roundabout solutions to get like good work done that felt like we worked really creatively and like as we grew we 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 just had everything we needed at our disposal and it was just so much easier to do our job and now again we we had this new building where we have this new expanded team again and we are all pushing ourselves and like again we're we're at the point where we have everything we need now but now we just want so much more out of ourselves and again we're getting like scrappy like the studio you have together you're just like i just i just want to do podcasts i want to do video i want to have better content and you're just like all right all i need is xyz basics and i'll make it work you made it work you pushed it you kind of proved a concept and all right we got more stuff to go with a bigger dream and and now we have studio 56 and we have studio 56 yeah it's like that in my opinion is part of what makes creativity so attractive and so it keeps people so progressive i also like i keep saying studio 56 as it's a real thing and everyone is like yeah studio 56 it's not our space we went in there and just <laughs> set up and and did the shoots. And yeah, perfect, and perfect example yeah, of what I'm talking about. <laughs> it was just, I love that. We just went in in the morning, put set up our stuff, and then just <clears throat> we acted like we were supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Distilled down. What is creativity? Acting like it's exactly what you meant to do. <laughs> there you go. That's true. <laughs> cool. You done. It. That's a wrap. I That's got. A wrap. I, I've. You're calling I've a wrap on my questions. podcast. answered questions. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you guys say take control. Boom. Taken. All right. Your podcast now. What questions do you have for me? Uh, If we get into a point where we're able to immediately travel to any location we want to instantly, snap of a finger and you show up there, how do you think that would change society? Do you think it would make people grow closer together or farther apart? I don't really care for questions like that. Aha! (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't care and it doesn't mean anything. Why? Why do you feel that it doesn't mean We've anything, had so though? many conversations like this where I, every time I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> the, like, the question of, is time real? What was that that you asked? And I was like, I don't care. Yeah, you do that. You do that a lot. You'll be like, I, I don't care. And you'll walk away and like, you'll have lunch or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I love don't... those questions. We have like questions of the day at home where we'll try to like pose a challenging question to each other. And like it just turns into these like magnificent conversations. And for some reason, you of all people, I would assume would love that. But no, you just don't give a crap. <laughs> no. Imagination's one thing. Yes. Exploring your imagination. But those scenarios are more philosophical. Mm-hmm. And that's a area I don't really care about. But, but if, you, if you said of, but if we you can go anywhere of... and then craft a story or a scenario, now that's exciting. That's creative to me. But isn't it like a lack of so, creativity on your part to not find that in my question, though? No, because you're you're concerned about people and society and how you know well, what's, yeah, what's going like to change in terms of like our sociology and or is sociology it's a study of so yeah, it doesn't yeah, make yeah. sense. Uh, you know what I mean, though. Yes. But if you said now create a scenario or create a story, what if we had to make a movie about the ability to go anywhere anytime? We get, we'd have to regulate it, so it's like time cop. But, but space, <laughs> space time cop. All right. So it's less about you being so creative about, and more about me so enabling your creativity. So it's how you pose the question, I guess. Yeah, that goes back to, you know, catering to people's thinking Different styles. types of creativity. So maybe if you go this ask one thing I the guys who are today. more meth- like methodical with their creativity, mm-hmm. they might like the, the step-by-step approach of deconstructing what society would look like in that mm-hmm. scenario. Yeah. And I would say, let's go grab a drink and come <laughs> up with really odd scenarios that would happen if this were a thing. I'm down for that. I'm going to hold you to that. All right. Okay, cool. What do, what do you think the 
name of this should be. Oh, uh, well, what, what is your series going to be right now? It's just creativity. All about creativity. But is it that could be one episode or it could be like a whole, I'm gonna a whole do series? I'm going to do interviews like this with everyone here about okay. creativity. But would you have like more guest stars and things like that? Oh, I'd love guest stars. Who are you thinking? You should definitely have people outside the industry come in because like I think number one, that would spark interest in like more like clients that come to us that like have a mutual understanding of not just our own business, but their businesses. That'd be interesting. That'd be cool. Like even bringing in Simon, like he will talk your fucking ear off. Bring him in. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think the last time he was here, I saw him sit at his desk and I went, "What are you doing here?" And then I just kept on walking. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagined when I was well down the hall, like, "Oh, I wonder if he feels very uncomfortable being here now." <laughs> no, no, he knows you. I complain okay. about you all of the time. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. All right, so I actually have a question for you now. Okay. So. What made you go into the agency world to start with? It's not a great story. My ex, we moved to North Carolina. I worked in TV before that. There's no TV in North Carolina except for news, which I wouldn't do. So I went to an agency. Any regrets on that part? (laughs) Meeting you. (laughs) (laughs) It's implied. Uh, Don't worry. (laughs) It's mutual. No regrets. It's it's very similar to TV. In agency world, fortunately, we don't live in the the Mm -hmm. same true agency world you exist outside of it but layoffs in agency world which are annual in most big places are equivalent to shows getting canceled so a lot of people that um i went to school with when they found out that i was going into like graphic design and advertising and whatnot i I started off in like traditional art just drawing since i could pick up a pencil i was not good but this is why i do think that creativity can be learned is because i was really far from being close to good when I started like anything artistic I think I'm okay now not great but I'm okay now <laughs> um no I'm actually pretty awesome but um <laughs> people used to always ask me why are you selling out you're surrendering your creative freedom you're giving in to the system blah 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 do you feel or if I was to ask you that question how would you respond like did, why I, did you sell out or do you I feel don't like think you I know out? artistic people no one's ever said that to me and i don't think i've ever felt that way okay we get paid to be creative i mean i guess that is the definition yeah. selling out we get the fact that i started that with we get paid but we're making a career on grabbing two microphones and sitting in the studio and talking about creativity but i think yeah. it's less the fact that you get paid for something because artists all the time will get paid for their work you know what i mean like it might not be like the best pay well then aren't they sell what, are, what does i mean then selling, selling out? out is the fact that like we do work for clients and every time we start a project right we have this amazing like creative piece it has a lot of intention it's very good we know it'll work and then the client says oh well i don't like it you have to make all these changes it's the it's us modifying what we know is good selling out because we're getting paid to do it. It's it's not the fact that we're getting paid. It's the fact that we're willing to sacrifice something in order to maintain our business. I'm not that bothered by it, I don't think. Mm. I just, I don't think I think about it. Yeah. I think, you know, I get to do something. I got to make something. I got to put some of myself in it. If they want to put some of their, themselves in it as well, mm-hmm. and I have to trim back, that's fine. Let's do it. If it really bothers me, there's another one coming down the line next. And maybe that one, that one will be different. Yeah. We have a ton of projects here where... We don't have to sacrifice. I think in general, we're not sacrificing. We are doing things for someone else and there are constraints with that business or that brand. And for me personally, I, I don't even, it doesn't even pass through my mind. Mm-hmm. It's just, okay, great. Or if it, it's not great, I just leave it behind and go to the next one. Yeah. I would actually say that like having that happen is actually an amazing experience. So uh, I always tell people like it's not selling out. It's, it's training yourself to be better. 
So the first round, I already know that I'm capable of creating something completely, purely creative, effective. And then next round, all right, new constraints, new changes. Mm-hmm. All right, how to make it for th- work for this. It's less about the output. It's less about the actual thing that comes out of it. It's more about like keeping your mind flexible right. and keeping your skills like honed and just being capable. Like being capable is such an amazing, amazing feeling. Yeah, Matt Pringle, he talked about design versus art as design is more fulfilling because art is telling show, telling or showing someone how you feel versus design, which is solving problems and challenges in creative ways. Mm. And so to create art, he, he actually did not respect the craft of art as much as he respects design because design is not so much selling out. It's, it's something greater than yeah. art. I actually remember, um, so he and I started about like a year apart. He was here a year longer than I was. And he, he used to tell me, he's like, yeah, when I went to school, like I thought that I couldn't be a designer if I didn't know how to draw, but he's just like, I've come so far. And he, still he does, still can't he, draw? he still can't draw. <laughs> <laughs> actually, we just had a um, creative meeting, um, the Freestyle Friday last week for the fundraiser that Dave is doing mm-hmm. for the Innovation Center. And we all put these sketches up. We all did this work. And Dave walks by. He's like, oh, this is beautiful. This is great. Dre, did you draw this? Oh, this is great. And I said, like, I want to see you guys compete in art. And he walks by Pringles. He's just like, I'm sorry, man. You just can't fucking draw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually thought that was some of the best sketching I've ever seen. I, and he did so well. Yeah. Honestly, like. It's um, amazing, though. But, but he gets like his ideas out. And that's the most yeah. important and part. And he actually talked about that the, the sketching process is to get rid of the crap. It's to unload all the crap. It is. And that's why I always tell people here, I actually like, I have like 15 articles I started and I just never finished. Like that's, that's, that's literally my life. (laughs) Um, And one of them was about um, the power of sketching. No matter what, like sketching isn't about being able to draw. It's being able to like literally get an idea out, whether it's for somebody else, for yourself. Sometimes you kind of just have to get it out in order to like let new ideas flow in. And like, it's cool to see him sketching more now. Like I think that changes his process. I think it changes how he formulates like designs yeah in writing it's the process of just brain dumping or or drafting something getting something on paper uh because if you try to do process in your all in your head if you Mm -hmm. try to write in your head then your brain can only handle so much of the of the words and so you just lose things you lose ideas you lose sentences you lose all it falls away even beyond that like how many times have you said oh yeah that sounded way better in my head like right. that's that's literally you like, say that every day <laughs> you know you're not fortunate enough to talk to me every day so <laughs> you can't say that <laughs> um do this every time i lost my thought again we were on a high point we, we were on a high it. point just climax right yeah i think sketching like that's one um skill that people haven't necessarily like fearlessly like taken on because they have this assumption that like to sketch means to be able to like create and draw whereas mm. to sketch is literally like to get shit out right and that's yeah the same yeah. like again same with writing is that first draft mm. or that brain dump like i always write brain dumps and if i need to write one page i might have 14 pages of a brain dump and i will not let people see that because mm. i don't want them to think you know this is supposed to be final product this is me putting everything i can think of onto a you know piece of paper or you know, Google Doc, just dumping everything. Mm-hmm. But once I get 14 pages out, I can write one great page. Yeah. So so that's how you normally start, right? You mm-hmm. kind of just get everything out? I write every, anything that comes to mind. Anything. I'll, I'll get, I'll, I'll even put song lyrics, 
quotes from famous people about that type of topic. I actually started, I stopped doing that at one point. Uh, that's how I used to work all of the time. It's just, that's what we were taught in school. It's just like, sometimes you have to just get it out, get everything out. And it is helpful in a lot of cases, but like, do you ever realize that when you get to a point where you just know how to do something, the brain dump takes longer to get through the process? No. You're like shifty eyed. Yeah, it's a big I, I no for even, you. You're like, what are you talking it. about? Can't even process it. I've, I've gotten to a point where um, I have to work backwards. So like, I'm going to, again, use a client example, but um, working on Ulbrich, that's my favorite example to use. It was like my favorite project. It was amazing. And I like learned a lot about myself. Um, I look at the their industry as this, like, they're like the foundation to everything. They're this like little, the metal version of like a clay. You can mold it into anything. It's part of your entire life. It's It's inside of everything. Like, how amazing is that? That you're working on a product that is like part of everything. Mm-hmm. They, they, they make raw metal that that gets integrated into the little like, metal clips that are yeah. Well, I was gonna say like razors and like heat exchangers for rockets that go to space, like <laughs> Saturn V. That's pretty amazing. So in a way, you're helping to build spaceships. In a way, I'm helping the world. <laughs> you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> but the the thing that I liked so much about it is that I got to a point where I realized, look, this is where I want to end up, and I, I basically ended up structuring. I was supposed to do a design for it study, design study for the brand to help them like modernize and um, expand their design system in a way that would last for another hundred years because they're like already a hundred year old company. And by working backwards, by by starting where I want to end up, I was able to like build a structure like, all right, cool. I want to figure out the who, what, where. I want to present X, Y, Z aspects, and then I started deconstructing like, okay. If I want to have this like icon system, well, let's work backwards. Like, what do I know about the company? Um, how do I build this? I know that I want to have animation styles. So I ended up having probably one of the strongest presentations I've ever had because I knew where I wanted it to be first. I think, again, that was for me like finding a new place to start, which was at the end instead of at the beginning. Right. I think that's interesting. I To kind of go all the way back to the beginning on this, I think what's interesting is you, you talk about the process. Yeah. Of of creativity, mm-hmm. right? The step by step, the the head aspect of the heart and head, and I always say it's it's all heart. I only operate in heart. I only work in heart. And I think that the reason is because we even just mentioned process with with writing fourteen pages to get to one. That's yeah. process. That's yeah. That's that thoughtful approach to getting something done that is tried and true for myself. It's a process. Mm-hmm. But I think the reality is I am a head or a heart and a head like you are. Mm-hmm. But I ignore and I for, I immediately forget or refuse to talk about all the step-by-step tactics, the strategy I take, you know, to start at the end, you know, and work my way back. I will push all that away. And then I only show people the, the impassioned, like spiritful aspects of things. Mm-hmm. So you're basically trying to fool us all. It's branding. You are, I was gonna say, you are advertising in a nutshell right here. Yeah. <laughs> You don't want to show someone 14 pages when you can show them the one that's yeah. just I'm finished and say, I just wrote this. I love even the things that I gravitate, toward, gravitate towards. Like if I walk through a gallery, my favorite part of the gallery is like seeing sketches. I love seeing process. I love seeing like I think that's much more beautiful than the actual output, the actual like final piece. Because for me, it's just like, OK, cool. Like you, you created something beautiful, but it's hard to appreciate that beauty unless you know what went into it. 
it's hard to appreciate like a beautiful design that's one of the biggest struggles people have with design or had i think nowadays people totally i sound like an old person wow nowadays um i think that since design became more of like a commonplace expectation in every brand people have started to just lost it you've been losing a lot of thoughts today i have too many at once that's the problem is uh-huh. they overlap oh my god what the hell was i just saying I don't know. what did i say before this i don't know you're not listening to I'm me. I'm listening. I'm oh not remembering. <laughs> I'm ruining the podcast. I'm You're sorry. Ruining the podcast. <laughs> Crap. I have like tangents on tangents when I speak. And like, I think that literally is part of the reason I'm able to be creative sometimes because like I'll have a linear thought and then it'll kind of like loop back on itself and it'll like cause me to incorporate something that I wouldn't have in the beginning. And everyone's like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, I wouldn't have thought to do this. Well, who, someone famous, maybe been Steve Jobs, commented that creativity is just making connections. Hmm. Is, was it Steve Jobs? Sure, why not? Yeah, sure. People quote, misquote people all the time. But isn't that what that is right there? You're just, you're, you're finding connections someone else might not have ever, or might yeah. not have noticed at the time, not ever, but. Yeah. And I think when I say like starting somewhere new, it's just got another way of saying like, finding a different connection as one form of a connection and then i mentioned matt pringle's theories on design and and creativity he said it wasn't making connections it was making choices um yeah i would so i think when you started talking about like the difference between art and design and his like that he looks down on art in a sense i think that again there are scales there are some artists who are very deliberate and make very specific choices but you wouldn't call their work design but it is designed and i think that in our minds we tend to we go from having abstract definitions to having very concrete segmentations of like how we picture things and like that's just human nature like we need to organize in order for us to be able to like absorb and understand things right but the reality is that art and design is kind of like the square rectangle kind of paradox like uh, a square is a rectangle but a rectangle is not a square not all art is design but all design can be art do you know what i mean nope kind of fit into (laughs) one another um or it's artistic if you want to be more vague about it (laughs) um that's i don't think you can look down on art because there's so much of it that tends to power design and inspire design and you can't just look down on it you have to look at it as just another resource you know what i mean another like starting point well in a future episode i'll just get you and prings in here and we can debate art versus design it's gonna mess up your sounds so much because you have like this high-pitched nasa and this like really rumbling matt pringle i'll make it work (laughs) um just put us in different rooms all right you want me to wrap it up sure i've already like tangent into tangented enough (laughs) (laughs) all right i'll let you get back to your work thank you anessa davidova davidova well actually you should probably sign me off with anessa yusupova because (laughs) uh, just because i didn't change my name doesn't mean that's not my name vanessa davidson thank you very Uh. much (laughs) uh this is the first unnamed creative podcast you should just call it unbranded unbranded Ooh, it's like the uh design version of artists who refuse to name their art untitled i like it untitled what about inside creativity that's really corny oh, god damn it you should just call it unbranded dash one this is the end and you're it's the like... worst <laughs> bye bye what did you expect <laughs> this is how it always goes <laughs> true